Good morning. Boy, it's dark up here. Can we turn that light on over there? Oh, there we go. There's more light. Thank you. Because I can't read when it's that dark. And then I got to make it all up. And I'm making it all up anyway. So thank you for being here. Welcome. I'm the spiritual director here. I'm Patrick Cameron. And uh, we are uh, launching into a whole new year here of 2018. So uh, I want to just... uh, we'll set the stage in a moment, but I want to just invite you to uh, dive into this uh, container of unconditional love, for lack of a better description. And so I'd like to just invite you to settle in. We'll go into 30 seconds of silence. I'll keep an eye on the clock so you don't need to worry for 30 seconds. Just notice your breathing as you settle in, and then I will offer a a chant in this very room that many of you know and then offer an affirmative prayer. So let's begin. very room there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit One spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And I invite you in this moment to allow my words to be your words. And if they don't fit for you, just let them wash over you. This is not a demand or an expectation, but it is a, it's an invitation But what I affirm and know in this moment that is true in my own awareness and my own journey and my own discovery along the way and the living in the freedom and the volition of what has been, I've called into my life and what has been brought into my life, the mosaic of consciousness that has shown up. I know that there is one activity. That activity is spirit. It is source. It is the divine. It is creative impulse. That life is perfect. That life is my life here and now. Standing in this awareness, affirming this, and putting down aspects of my thinking mind so that I can stand in the awake awareness to realize what is here now when there's no problem to solve. What is trying to emerge? To live in the open question and to understand that what I don't know, something within me does know because that divine spark of life, that source of all life, that all-knowing, that infinite divine genius is who and what I am as well that individualized expression, that single soul and the collective soul of the infinite in this coherent field. It is an energetic, it is an intelligence, and in many ways incomprehensible. To try to describe it is to diminish it, for words do not do it justice. But I know that that life is my life, and I feel it here and now, and so I know every good thing necessary 
for myself and for each person here is being addressed and transformed even in this moment because transformed people transform people. We are here to give birth to this teaching at a depth never before, to new ideas and new possibilities, to new experiences, to new ways of being. For this I give thanks and I release these words in gratitude and appreciation and invite you to say with me, and so it is. All righty. Thank you for joining me in that. It's a, so that's our affirmative prayer. If you're here for the first time, and what, what we pray is in the present moment. We pray from the sense of union, and I'll, I'm going to flesh that out today. Our first. So we're doing two different lessons each week in 2018. And uh, I, I'm very excited about it because I usually have two or three lessons already to go each Sunday, and then I have to bring them all back. So uh, it's a stretch for me as well, but a very, very exciting stretch. Now we all have name badges on, don't we? No, no, okay, well, it's okay, it's a new practice, but that's Robin right there. I'm going to invite you to look over at somebody that's got a name badge on and say, hey, good morning. Well, if you, you, two, don't, you two can look at each other and say good morning, it's okay. All right, to launch off, good morning. Dorothy, good morning, blessings to you. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Esther. Nice to see you. Happy 2008. Happy New Year. Okay, now I want you to get up and go find somebody you don't know and say good morning to them. And then stay there for a minute because I'm gonna, we're doing a little practice here. We're connecting, connecting. All right. You, hey, uh, Sue? Dorothy here is looking for somebody. Right there. Okay, so... That's awesome. Okay, so now I want you to look that person in the eyes and say, I see you. You are magnificent. You are perfect just the way you are. I wouldn't change a thing about you. I celebrate the divinity I witness. Thank you for being you. This year will be fantastic. And so it is. And this year is fantastic. All right, good work. Good, good work. So we're getting you set up for success. Awesome. Now the whole energy changes, doesn't it? Yeah. Now you know who you want to connect with again, and now you know who you don't want to connect with again. It's awesome. This is life. So, the other thing we have is we have, we have journals up here. And if you'd like a journal, they're right here. You can come up and grab one because you're going to want to take notes this year because we're going to do a lot of teaching. Now, we're asking uh, a toonie donation. There's a basket here. If you don't have a toonie today and you'd like a journal, grab a journal and throw a toonie in next week. But if, I'm going to invite anybody that would like a journal right now to, to take some notes. If you, don't, if you don't have things to write, come on up and grab a journal so you're uh, equipped for success. Anybody here need... Anybody here like to borrow a toonie? I got a couple of them. And you can always do it afterwards, do it next week, do it somewhere down the road, and you're sitting there right now, you're saying, there's no notes I want to take today. Look at this. We got a, a sale going on with, with uh, journals. You might need a pen to write with. If you need a pen, let me know too. We'll get you a pen. I've got one extra. Sweet. I'll give you my one pen right now. There you go. 
<laughs> awesome. I'm out of pens. Perfect. The pens are at the back? Pencils at the back. I think Jackie's bringing the pencils up. Oh, no. Jackie's just coming up. Maybe Maureen. We could have coordinated this a little better, but we thought we were doing good just getting the journals in the door. Perfect. See? And you came early, and those that come late, because we're almost out of journals already. We only got 100. Silly us. They're going like hotcakes. So we want you to bring your journal every Sunday, and next week we're going to have we're going to have a little different arrangement. We've we've we're we're going through transformation here. This is a new year. This is a, a time to dig in. We've um, and uh, we, we want to equip and teach and model transformation. Our mission is transforming lives. And so this teaching, that, this beautiful teaching that we have that we're gonna dive into in a new way this year and focus on for our first service is really, really important. And we want you to bring that back with you every Sunday. Put your name on there, write your name down, and we'll keep making, we'll, we'll make sure we have journals available for you so that you can, it's accessible and affordable and it gives you another resource that you can look at. Because at our second service, I'm gonna drill down on some things that are really fantastic. So if I were you, I'd stay for both today, but I'm just saying, because it's amazing stuff. It's a, it's a really remarkable stuff. And we wanna help, we wanna help you live your most fulfilling and beautiful life possible. And if we don't make a decision, if you don't have a dream, how can your dream come true? Can you answer that one for me? If there isn't a dream stirring in you and it's alive in you, and we're going to drill down on some of the basics of that in a moment, then what, what is possible if we shut that door down? If all we're doing is coming to the same old environment and telling the same old story of heartbreak, disappointment, you know, there's so much. We did, Faith Rivera came to town a number of years ago. We rented the Windsport. We did it twice. And both times it was fantastic. And then people's feelings got hurt. And it was like, oh my gosh. Have you ever had that experience where your feelings have been hurt? And so we didn't celebrate the joy of coming together and, and, and standing in the light of what we were. All of a sudden our personalities and those unintegrated pieces of ourselves bubbled up. And it just wore everybody out. It's like, we're not there. We're not, it's not right or wrong, good or bad. We weren't, in the, we weren't in the consciousness of the thing. We couldn't hold it and sustain it because it was all about personality. And then people get disappointed. And guess who they point their finger at when people get disappointed in this community? Yeah. And where'd they go? I'm like, I don't know where they went. They were playing the bassoo, and then they just took off. I don't know what happened. But this is life. And if I were to take that personally, I'd be gone a long time ago. But this is what happens. We've got to get in front of this. We've got to get our consciousness lined up so that we have heartbreak, and then we know that heartbreak is there to inspire us to move forward and do it differently. And process it. I'm not saying don't speak to it. Process it. But it can't be the life theme. We can't keep showing up and saying, oh, well, you know, back in 05, I got my, my I was disappointed. <sighs> Join the club. I've been disappointed too. 
I don't have the luxury of coming up and telling you all my disappointments each week. So I'm just saying it's time for us to put our big girl and big boy pants on and really dig down on this stuff. So picture Ernest Holmes celebrating 100 years of the science of mind. 100 years ago, he published this book, The Science of Mind. Beautiful, beautiful book. This is an amazing book, but it's not an easy read. I tell people when they first come in the door, you know, they want to buy this. They say, oh, don't do that. Don't buy that book. No, no, no. You need, a, you need a guide to take you through this book because it is a perspective that is so simple and yet so profoundly deep. What Holmes says, and so the thing itself is the, is the uh, title of today's talk. Three points that I'm going to flesh out with you. The divine plan, love and law, and objective and subjective which took me years to figure out. I mean, I was, I was practically a minister before I understood objective and subjective, so I think I might want to flesh that out with you. So the next slide is the science of mind teaching symbol. And what it is is a circle. It's got a V in the middle. And each aspect of that represents the totality of how he interpreted the science of mind and the creative process within us. And so the top piece is spirit. The middle piece is the soul or the law. And the bottom piece is the body or the effect. And so he talks in this, this first chapter about science and religion will walk hand in hand. Science must justify faith in the invisible. 1926, pretty advanced, still pretty advanced. Because what happens is, so I, I saw an article, I want to just, and I want to use this today, springboard off this, because we have never seen as much depression among our young people as we ever have than today. And so I've been looking at things, and what is going on with this? And so I found an article that's quite remarkable, and I think very informative, and I think it, it resonates as the truth for me. I'm going to share it with you, and you do with it what you can. Anything I share with you, I'm just sharing from my experience and my knowing. And if it doesn't fit for you, just throw it away. There's no hell we're going to send you to for disobeying the minister. I'll make the exception for a couple of you, but I'm just kidding. There really isn't, gang. This is just life. We are eternal beings. So here's what's going on, and I think it, it strikes some of it. It says, in many jobs interviews, they ask people, what's your biggest weakness? What's your biggest weakness? And it says, it's a horrible question to respond to on the spot, but we know it's a trick, and the answer isn't, well, sometimes it takes me more than two hours to stop looking at my phone and get dressed after a shower. Or I spend my free time constructing elaborate revenge fantasies. Those are two answers that we're not going to use. Probably not. Or if you're using them, you might want to go to a different answer. But the cheat answer of choice, the panicky pick that puts you in a better light than the truth might is, is along the lines of, oh, my biggest weakness, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist. Which then is great because the interviewer goes, oh, my God, here's, here's Anne, and we're going to hire Anne, and Anne will not leave the office until the project's done. Fantastic, let's hire Anne. Because her, her biggest weakness is perfectionism. When Facebook launched, launched, students were the perfect customers because they were desperate for the validation it offered. So what they're finding is when you post, when people post on Facebook, remember the likes? You know, people always post, and it's like, oh, I guess I better like that one, and I better love that one. And so we're all connected with this thing of like and love. And so what happens is, is people will post their ideal um, Mask that they would like to show us. So here we are in, in uh, you know, uh, the, the Caribbean on the beach, you know, fit and tan, ready to go, boom. And so it's all about this expression of the ideal being, being expressed. However, it says if you're a, mini, a millennial, broadly defined as being between the age of 18 and 35, there's a good chance that perfectionism really is your biggest weakness. And I want to flesh this out because Dr. Holmes talks about perfection. And it's so important to understand this. 
I think, in a way that allows us the, 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 the graciousness and spaciousness to accept ourselves just as we are, wherever we are. It doesn't mean that we're stuck anywhere, but to, to, when we don't ground ourselves in the truth of our being, that this is perfect right now, we, then we're always trying to attain, obtain perfection. It's a boondoggle. We're already it. Why do we seek it? Why do I have to post something on the internet, on Facebook, to let everybody know how perfect I am? And then what it does for them is it marginalizes them, and they feel bad because they're not measuring up. And so this whole thing is, is, has created is a study by Thomas Curran and Philip Hill found that the majority of respondents were experiencing, that responded to this survey, multidimensional perfectionism or the pressure to meet increasingly high standards measured by a widening collection of metrics. The study linked this with the growing number of cases of mental illness among people in their 20s, including eating disorders, anxiety, depression. Perfectionism is a weakness. It's making us ill. It's easy to blame social media for this. The study found that a lot of perfectionism centered around the participants needing to measure up to their peers and that they tended to judge others harshly as well. Anyone with an Instagram account can probably relate to this. We're coming toward the end of a decade in which we've been encouraged to think of our public life as a performance instead of a participation exercise. So if you're in that mindset, I'm just going to encourage you, you may want to rethink that. Because Dr. Holmes gets into this. He said, he, he goes on and on. So we have this idea of what's going on with our young people. Because I'm really concerned about this. When we talk about season of nonviolence, and I know that we have a whole population of young people that are depressed. What is triggering that? And it's this, this misidentity with this idea that somehow we need to be perfect. When in fact we're already perfect. If you've crashed and burned and, and, and made the mistakes and all that, that's the perfection. That's why we've come into this incarnation. But the advertisers and the people that tell you you gotta have this and you gotta have this and you gotta have this to look good and to be good and to, to have value, they're just selling you a bill of goods. It's having it but not letting it have us. Not letting us own us. It's the idea, I just found this, saw this beautiful quote, it's understanding that there are people that understand the cost of everything and the value of nothing. And we need to start understanding our value. You are perfect just the way you are. It doesn't mean that you aren't, uh, there's an availability for shift and change, but the shift and change should be inspired by something other than the fact that you're gonna meet somebody else's idea of what you need to look like. No, it's, it's meeting and understanding there's something that wants to be expressed by means of you. Because you can always go there, and then you can always say, I'm giving my best today. You know, if I, I, if I had to come in and do the perfect talk and think I had to do the perfect talk and put that pressure on myself, it would sound and look completely different because I'd be wrapped up in this sense of I need approval, I need approval. <clears throat> For me, what I always look to is I'm doing my best. Today, I'm doing my best. And I know what wants to be presented, expressed, will show up for me. I've done my homework. I've done my prep. I may have to throw it all away. I didn't see this article until I got up this morning at 8 o'clock. And I said, what a beautiful article. It fits in so beautifully with what Dr. Holmes is talking about. There's a perfection that's already there. How can I express that? How can I develop that and give that and share that in whatever way it is? And as long as I'm giving my best to it, I'm fulfilled. I can walk away and say, man, I did the best I could. Could I have done different? Sure. Could I have done better? Probably. But I did my best with what I had. So live from your best. Best is awesome. Best is awesome. If you're only at 20%, you come and give 20% of your best. You're awesome. Make, make an agreement with yourself. Because there's plenty of people out there that'll tear you down. You know, I'm going to start posting on Facebook all the depressing failures I'm having each day. 
Let's turn this around and model the fullness of life because that's the integration of the darkness as well. So Holmes said to suppose that the creative intelligence of the universe would create us in bondage and leave us bound would be to dishonor the creative power we call God. To suppose that God could make us as an individual without leaving us to discover ourselves would be to suppose the impossibility. Individuality must be spontaneous. It can never be automatic. So there's no straight line. There's no formula. Give me the answer. I don't have your answer, but I know where you can go to get it. See, it's developing that resiliency. It's developing that self-sufficiency to trust oneself, one's intuition, to know that I'm guided and directed in the right and perfect ways, that the old ways I've done this, I've done it enough now to know that that's not the way I don't know, so I'm ready to step into a new way of being. The divine plan is one of freedom. So what we've got here today, going back to my, my three key points, the divine plan. The divine plan... Divine plan is one of freedom. Freedom is the birthright of every individual. All instinctually feel this. The inherent nature of man is forever seeking to express itself in terms of freedom. Doesn't that seem to be a common theme across the planet? Freedom. I just watched, Laura and I have been watching the series of The Vietnam War by Ken Burns. I love documentaries in history, just look back. And it was just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, this fear that the domino effect, that if one country went communist, the rest of Southeast Asia would go communist. This was the theme amongst the leaders, the best, of, the, the best and the brightest in the United States at the time. When all they wanted, when you look back, all they wanted was freedom. They wanted to be self-governed. And they felt communism was the best format for that. But rather than go in, and when, and when Ho Chi Minh wrote the Declaration of Independence for that country and presented it in Geneva, it was identical to what Thomas Jefferson had written 120 years earlier, or whenever it was. Identical. All men are created equal. They wanted freedom. We long for freedom. It's inherent in us. We're tripwired for freedom. And that means in every aspect of our lives. I just finished an article for Science of Mind magazine. I get to write twice a year for them in the circulation section. And I said, you know, Jesus gave us the antidote. This is why we're doing the Q process here. Love your enemy. Love your enemy. Dr. Gary talked about it. Love the pieces within ourselves that we judge and find too small and all those things that that aren't the perfection that we want to show to the world. Love it all. That's integration. That's wholeness. The love and the law. Second point, the love and the law. The love of the universe must be one with the great law of its own being, and we approach love through the law. And then this is the teaching. Our teaching is one of love and law. In other words, spirit, I'll get into this a little bit more when I talk about objective and subjective. So we're the spirit. We make a choice. That's the objective mind, as Holmes would call it. The objective mind has an object. It has a direction. It has a goal. It wants to experience something. If it's in integrity with your being, and the thing it wants to experience is something that will expand the, the, the fulfillment and the joy of life. And, and so it's that experience that we're, we're longing for. It's the love. But we make the decision to head in that direction. You don't go to a restaurant where you hate the food, do you? Okay, well, you do, but I don't do that, okay? But you go where you, you love it. You go to places where you love the meal. And you go to places and you read things that you love. And you go places that bring you an aliveness to you. And the beautiful thing about this is that whatever we, we, we latch on to, the infinite law responds at the subjective level of our consciousness. It's all it can do. Every thought, every moment, this law 
this aspect of this one mind, that teaching symbol, spirit, soul, in the middle, and form. The soul, the, the, the soul is the soil. We plant the seed of possibility into the soil, and the soil nurtures it and helps develop it. It's how all creation happens. And then we have an effect. And if we get a result we don't like, guess what? We get to go back. And what happens is because the infinite can only give to us, through us, as we are subjectively which means each one of us has a different idea and capacity to filter, each one of us. Unique and beautiful, it's perfect, just the way it is. But our opportunity is to continue to shift and change that so there's a greater opening. There's a greater possibility for newness. One of the things, the reason that, that people get in and they, they, they do the work and they do the affirmative prayers and, and, and life doesn't seem to change for them is because, <clears throat> because there has to be a willingness to engage at a deep level of our own knowing and understanding. That's why we're bringing the Q process here. 21 days of looking at it, and then it becomes a practice in your life. I was doing the Q process this morning. I went down the hall, we're all out of white paper. I got triggered. I'm looking all over for the right size white paper to put my notes on. And I'm like, what happened? Because everything's moving. There's nothing in the same place it was a week ago, I gotta tell you, but that's typical around here anyway. And I said, look at you getting all triggered up here, buddy. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. So now I have... I have yellow paper. I made peace with the whole thing. See? <laughs> Just giving you a little indicator, right? It's like my dad. I used to, my dad, we'd always, I'd always take his tools, go build something, and then I'd leave him out in the field. Oh, my gosh, would he get mad. <clears throat> he hadn't done the cue process, though, so what he would do is he would look for something to punish, and usually I would do a pretty good job outrunning him, but sometimes he'd catch me. So the divine, divine plan is one of freedom, and the love and the law. The study of the science of mind is a study of first cause. Spirit, mind, or the invisible essence that ultimate stuff and intelligence from which everything comes. The power back of creation, the thing itself, which is the name of the chapter, the thing itself. And so it's so simple, it's difficult because we feel like we, and, and there has to be activity. Nothing happens, nothing moves unless we, we move it. But it is a consciousness, it is a preparation of consciousness before we engage in something that is so important. We come in early, we had practitioner, we had the practitioners come early, we pray in the solarium before you get here. We have a prayer circle in the back. There's prayer that goes on throughout the week with our practitioners because it helps create that container of possibility. We want to keep inviting spirit in because your intellect, see, this is the frustrating part. You're listening with your intellect right now. And I'm speaking from my intellect for the most part, but the intellect can't get us there. I, a few weeks back, I talked about awake awareness. I'm going to invite you to step into that practice again. Awake awareness is just a, a, a Western name for an ancient Tibetan practice. But awake awareness cannot be recognized and experienced by the intellect. Awake awareness can only be recognized and experienced by awake awareness. To think that we're going we're gonna to access this unified field of possibility through our intellect is to, to think that we're going to start... Uh, hearing sounds through our eyeballs. Would you ever consider hearing sound through your eyeballs? I'm sure somebody here says, oh, I hear through my eyeballs all the time. Okay, great, you're exceptional, but for the rest of us, no. But the point is, and in the, in the, in the metaphor in that is that, so to enter into that, how do I enter into that? And it's to live in the open-ended questions. So before the holidays, I said to you, in that, that, that process of how can I access that field and to work with open-ended questions to work with the question what is here now when there's no problem to solve what is here right now when there's no problem to solve 
Now, we know there's things we'd like to change. There's things we've got to take care of. But right now, there's no problem to solve. What if everything is unfolding just as it should? What if every, the right and perfect people are in, in positions of influence and power within our political systems that are waking people up like never before because they're modeling the unintegrated shadow so well for us? There's no filters there. There's no, like decorum to say, well, I won't say that because that could upset people. Heck with that. I'm gonna, I don't care what people think. I'm going to just say it. But, but the beautiful thing is it models for us that unbridled and that unintegrated shadow side. So what if that's perfect right now? Because what wants to emerge? So another open-ended question to work with. What wants to emerge here and now? What wants to And when you live in the open-ended questions, the intellect can't, trans, can't answer that. That's how you shut it down. What wants to emerge here in my life? What's trying to happen here? In other words, we don't have to have the answers because something within us does have the answers and it'll be revealed as we go along. But unless we welcome it and work with it, it can't happen. As Dr. Holmes says in the objective and subjective, the objective is we got, we got an intention. We got an intention to get somewhere. There are not two minds, there's only two names. He's just trying to describe two aspects of this. The objective and the subjective, the conscious and the subconscious. So in other words, the objective mind in Holmes' definition, and then I went online and looked it up, an objective simply means you got an object, you're going somewhere, you got a goal, you got a destination. So in other words, we got a mission statement. So next week, second service, we're going to start helping you write a mission statement for your life. A phenomenal statistic. Do you know that how many people write down their goals? Any guesses? How many people write down their goals? You're putting your hands up, but give me, a, give me a number. How many think people write down their goals? 30%? 80% of people do not write down their goals. I'm going to share all this information in second service. 80% of people don't write down their goals. And then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And you guess what? There's a certain percentage, a very small percentage, that write down their goals and keep revisiting it throughout the year. It's 1%. Guess what 1% that is? Isn't that remarkable? Why wouldn't we write it down? Have a goal, have a mission statement. What are your values? We're going to flesh all that out at the second service. Beautiful, amazing stuff. The universe is waiting for you to come true. You, right where you are. Waiting for you to give birth to something beautiful and powerful. So this idea of objective and subjective. Holmes says that within us all is a mental law. To learn how to think is to learn how to live. Thoughts go into a medium that is infinite. It's an ability to do and to be. It's the law of cause and effect. can be a taskmaster to the unwise and a servant to the wise. So we set an intention consciously. We want to go in a certain direction. And what this soil, what this soul, as, as Holmes would interpret it, says to us when we set that intention is yes. Yes. You, I got your back. We're going there. We're setting an intention here around a new vision for our community. What wants to emerge here? What wants to emerge here? What wants to happen? What wants to be transformed? And so we're giving birth to that. Teachers are showing up. Programs are showing up. Opportunities. Season for nonviolence. What's not to love about the season for nonviolence? These millennials that are getting so depressed are taking their lives because they don't measure up to some arbitrary measures that have nothing to do with the truth of who and what they are. This world has never needed this teaching more. 
And how can we share with people? How we can bring people in and say, look, man, you're using your thinking capacities in an amazing way, but you might want to think in a different way about yourself because you're not adding anything to yourself or in, and those of us that love and care about you by the way you're repeating this mantra within yourself that I'm, I don't measure up, that I'm not perfect. Yes, you are. Yes, you are just the way you are. So stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. You know that Bob Newhart video? I should have queued it up. The woman comes in and says, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be buried in a box. He says, well, this will be very short. I'm going to just charge you for the time you're here. Probably only cost you $5. And what's the advice? Stop it. Stop believing you're going to be buried in a box. And, and that's easier said than done. But it's the truth of us to stop thinking the things that limit us. So this, this, this road to freedom is not mysterious. It's an intelligence. It's a law of creative force that may consciously be directed and definitely used. This is the greatest discovery of all times. The greatest discovery of all times, as Holmes said. So there's a, there's a teaching chart here. See, I'm running out of time. I got two hours of stuff and 40, and 40 minutes to say it. But here's a chart. This is the universal conscious mind. Thought descends down through the universal subjectivity. The subjectivity is it, it can only say yes. That's all it is. It is our servant. And then we get the form at the end. Next quote by Holmes, the road to freedom is not mysterious. Experience is taught that the subjective tendency of this intelligent law of creative force may consciously be directed and definitely used. The greatest discovery of all times. That's it. You know that. You bring mastery to that, awareness, and we grow into it. This is not easy. This sometimes takes unraveling of a lifetime of mistakes. I'm not even going to get into what we may be carrying with us through the millenniums. If, if we buy into this idea that our souls will eternal and we've had more than one incarnation. So to think that we're going to come in and in six weeks, that's why we teach our classes. That's why we offer classes because it takes time to unravel, to settle this. To, to bring a different consciousness to it. The thing itself, to sum it up, it's within every one of us. It's in every one of us. No one is extraordinary in this. Every one of us has this capacity. Every one of us. We all partake in universal wholeness. That's the perfection. Make peace with it. Throw your hands up in the air and say, perfect right now, just the way it is. And again, go about the things that you know you want to shift and change. That's the nature of life. You know, this social media is going to kill us. And I refuse to be part of that. Stop it. I have granddaughters coming up. I watch the little ones come in. Lainey came in this morning. I haven't seen her in weeks. Last thing I want Lainey to do is go home and go, and people are shamed on social media, and there's all kinds of abuses. I mean, I mean the internet's a beautiful thing, but there are a lot of, there are predators in the world. Let's, let's, some people have shown up to be predators. I read a statistic this week, only 30% of the population is interested in growth. See, I'm so interested in growth, I think everybody's on board with that. I realize you get a room full of 10 people, three of them are interested in growth. So you might have other people with different agendas in there. I wish them well with that. Not, they're not going to be part of my group. But, 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 but the, the point is, I don't have to wait till all 10 are on board for me to, to, to move forward in my own life. That's not my business. I can't pick that up. But I was surprised by that statistic, 30%. Wow. I don't know what the other people are interested in. I'll find out and tell you next week. This is the meaning, as Dr. Holmes says in this beautiful chapter, of Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. 
or the Christ. He was, he was so fond of, uh, and uh, he felt the birth of Jesus of Nazareth was the most important event that ever happened on the planet. He read the Christian Bible every day of his life. But he knew it was the, the personification of the Christ consciousness within that was where the rubber meets the road, where the juice was. It reacts according to our beliefs. And it appears to each through our beliefs. So whatever you're believing, you're seeing the results in your life. And if you need help to unravel that, that's why we're here. We all need help with this. You think you're going to listen to this talk and walk out the door and have it figured out? Don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. It's going to take time. But you'll get there. You'll get there if you continue to do the work. If you continue to do the work, you beautiful, beautiful godling, accepting your perfection now, when you go on the Facebook and you hold a high watch for these people and realize, hey, darling, you're beautiful right now just the way you are. I wouldn't change a thing about you. So Dr. Holmes says this, if we try to, to find something difficult to grasp, then we shall never grasp it. So if we try to make this hard, we'll never get it. It's easy. It's simple. Well, it's simple, it ain't easy. Because we shall always think of it as being incomprehensible. We don't have to understand all of it. We're already using it. It's like walking around looking for our eyeglasses and our eyeglasses are put up over the top of our head like this. I've done that. Like, I can't find my glasses. I can't leave the house without them. Half hour later, I go, oh, yeah, there they are. (laughs) The mind which we discover within us is the mind that governs everything. This is the thing itself, and we should recognize its simplicity. Read that first chapter. I've read this first chapter 10 times this week. It's just so rich and full. It's like, how do I, you know, but it's just, it's, it's just beautiful. It's simple. It's available to all. It's no respecter of personality, as Holmes says. It's for us, always. And we've had heartbreak. We've had tragedy. We've had disappointment. And that's why we want to have mechanisms and, 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 and strategies in place so we can move through those things more efficiently. So when our heart gets broken, what happens is it doesn't look like a failure and a trauma. It actually got cracked open so it can grow us. So we have a greater capacity to love, to love ourselves, to love our enemies, to love ourselves just the way we are. I watched a video on YouTube this week. It was a guy that had died and he met God, he said, and he said, ask God, what's the purpose of life? And he said, God laughed and said, it's to love. He said, I get that question a lot from people that are, making their trend, it's to love. Well, that doesn't mean anything goes. It doesn't mean that people abuse you because you're so busy loving. No, it's loving oneself, and then you have the boundaries and the wisdom and the clarity. Because there's people out there that want to take you directions that aren't in your best interest. You know? I mean, just watch Dateline sometime. I record those Datelines. I tell Laura, why can't people, it's always a husband murdering a wife, a wife murdering a husband. Why can't people just get divorced? What's the problem? It's not working anymore, darling. I love you. I wish you the best. We tried. We tried, and it's time to head in another direction. No. It's like, who? Well, she disappeared. I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> Come on. It's okay. It's okay to end relationships. But if we don't learn something, we just go and repeat it again. We just set ourselves up for the same experience. So you might as well plant your flag right where you're at and grow and grow in resilience. Because I'll tell you what, my experience has been life has really helped me get resilient. Really helped me, and I'm so grateful for it. Because when you're resilient, you can go anywhere. 
You can hang out with anybody. Because you have the discernment to say when somebody says something really, really off the rails, you say, that doesn't represent me. You guys go right ahead. So we should recognize its simplicity. He says, no man has ever plumbed the depths of either the conscious or the subjective life, which is creative in both directions. We reach into infinity. We shall always be expanding and always enlarging our capacity to know and experience. This is our opportunity. What wants to emerge here? What is seeking expression here? What wants to happen here? Because it's never ending. It's never ending. So, so I just thank you for your engagement with this. We're going to talk this second service about uh, I'm going to be using transforming life to the power of vision, goals, and dreams. And we're going to lay that out systematically over the next few weeks to help get you launched, to help you create a vision statement. So next Sunday's lessons, first service is the way it works, which will be the second chapter of the science of mind. We'll take it from the thing itself to the way it works. And the second service, if you don't have a dream, how can your dream come true? So I thank you so much for being part of this. This is exciting. There's amazing things happening here, amazing energy happening here, shifts and changes in consciousness. So I would encourage you this week to practice more and more. What's here now when there's nothing to solve? What's here now when there's no problem to solve? What is seeking expression here and now? What wants to emerge? And it shuts that mind down. Another technique along with this awake awareness is as soon as the busy mind gets going, you say back to it, blah, 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 blah. I'm serious. Blah, 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 blah. You know what will happen? Its feelings will get hurt. And it'll quit and go away. It'll quiet it. But that's bringing mastery to it. That's directing your thinking process. Not letting your thinking process take you off the rails. That you don't deserve. That you're not abundant. That you're not healthy. I heard a shaman's practice this week. I thought it was remarkable. And so what shaman will do is if you're having trouble with a certain area of your body, they will speak to that area of the body. Which is a form of affirmative prayer. Having problems with the heart. I'm knowing right here and right now that this heart. Listen heart, you are beating beautifully. Beautifully, beautifully. I mean, what a, neat, what a neat idea. I thought, I can go with that. I've been doing that with my right knee for ever since I read that. Let's heal her up right now. Let's be specific. So thank you so much. You are a blessing. You are part of the tribe of light. I think you're part of the 30% that's interested in growth and transformation. So keep on keeping on being just who you are. Something within you does know and partner with that. And so it is. Blessings. Thank <laughs> you.